0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Ah, I love it when we talk about missions here, because, you know, missions is the, you know, as I said in the previous service, missions is not something we do. Mission is who we are, you know, and and, uh, this church is a mission church, Amen. Not because we do missions, but we love mission and mission is part of who we are as part of uh, our essential reason for being. You know the first heart operations ever done in Vietnam through uh, World Relief over there and, and Deb Hilton and Paul? We, we, we paid for them. They couldn't do it. And we kicked it all off, you know. And and Mother's heart, they didn't have anywhere to go. And we built the first building. We paid for the first building. And there's so much of that going on around the world today that was actually, if it wasn't for you, it wouldn't have happened at all. And uh, I'm so proud that this is my church still. I'm not the pastor, thank God. But uh, I love you, but, you know, enough's enough. Uh, But still my church in the sense that it's your church too. It's our church, right? This is our church. It's something to be proud of, that essentially we, we are a passionate mission church. Amen. And to be able to get behind people like Belinda and Josh is just so exciting, to be in partnership with them and see what they're doing. It really is brilliant. And um, yeah, I love it. Now, today is also Missions Sunday and Pentecost Sunday. So um, I'm not going to talk about either one of them. <laughs> he said, you can do whatever you like. So yeah, I'm going to do whatever I like. How's that? So we we'll, won't do either one. But maybe we'll do both at the same time. No, I think we'll do nothing. Yeah, I'll be all right. I want to bring your attention to a statement in the Old Testament. It's a story. Uh, you probably know it already. It's found in the book of Exodus, chapter 17. And the children of Israel have, have come out of Egypt and they now begin their journey through the wilderness. And this is how chapter 17 begins. It says, then all the congregation of the children of Israel moved on from the wilderness of Zin. By stages, according to the commandment of the Lord, and camped at Red of Him. Now, they moved on by stages. So, let me just pause for a minute. They move, stop, yeah? Then they move, stop. Don't know how long they stop for? Don't know how long they move for, but it was a process, stages, moving, stopping, moving, stopping, moving, stopping towards this place called Rehaphim, which is, um, or Refidim. it, it is, means a place of rest, okay? So in their mind all the time, they're moving towards this resting place. They're anticipating getting to the resting place. You know, are we there yet? We're going to the resting place, day after day, stage by stage by stage. But when they get to refidim, I keep, we'll call it, yeah. When they get the Rephidim, they have a problem. They were anticipating arrest. They were anticipating, wow, this is going to be good. We've got there. We've arrived. This is fantastic. Reach the goal. Everything's going to be good. But there was no water there. So now they were disappointed because there was no water. Now, if they were just disappointed, that wouldn't be so big a problem. But actually, when they got the refidim, they said, God's forgotten us. Because we, we are are so thirsty that we are ready to die. We're going to die of thirst. Now that's interesting, isn't it? Because this is the first time we hear about this problem. Yet they've been going stage by stage, by stage, by stage, by stage, by stage. And then suddenly we're going to die of thirst. And they're blaming Moses and they're blaming God. Because they are going to die of thirst now. But of course, you don't just wake up one morning and die of thirst, right? Isn't that right? It's not something that suddenly happens to you. It's something that has arrived slowly, stage by stage, by stage, by stage. So we can see that once they had plenty of water, they never had to worry about the water, and then they moved on a stage and... Well, the water's gone down a bit, and then they go, and the water's sort of gone down a bit more, but hey, it's cool. And then, hey, hang on a minute, we better start rationing the water. And then, hey, hang on a minute, uh, we've got no water left. But then they keep going, and they keep going, and they keep going, till now they've gone way beyond having no water to a point where we are going to die of thirst. And when they get there, they say, that's Moses' fault. That's God's fault, that we are about to die of thirst. And yet, it was something that they gradually, progressively, stage by stage, they arrived at the place of dying of thirst. Why? Why? Why did they wait till then? Why? Why didn't they say something when the water ran out? Why didn't they say something before that when they had to ration the water? Why didn't they say something before that when the water was obviously being depleted? Why, why wait until it's, it's a life and death matter now and they're angry and they're blaming God and they're blaming Moses and they're blaming everything they can because they are in trouble. You see, they didn't take any responsibility for their gradual thirst. They just blamed everybody else. But they, they put up with the lack of water. They, they put up with the rationing of water. They put up with no water. They just put up with it until they were ready to die. And then they explode in anger. And it just is so unnecessary. So absolutely unnecessary. They went as far as they could possibly go stretching in their own strength and their own ability. They went as long as they possibly could till they could go no further. And when they could go no further and they were in danger of death, then they say, where's God? And why hasn't Moses dealt with this problem? And when I read this, I thought, you know what? Uh, I've actually done the same thing myself. Haven't you? In our spiritual journey, stage by stage, we come to a place where we think, you know what, uh, I don't feel like it's um, something. I And then we go a little bit further and it's like, mm, it's okay. I'll just, we'll just give it a shot. you know. And yeah, I can do it. Yeah, I think I can. I think I can. Whoa, yeah. Oh. Just one more. Just one more day. Just one more day. And then suddenly you find, you think to yourself, I can't go on anymore. I'm done. Where are you, God? Where's Pastor Matt when I need him? Come on. Come on. Where's one of the other pastors? What are they doing? Sitting around all day? Here I am, desperate. Where are they? See, we get to that point, and we want to blame anybody, everybody, except look at how we got ourselves in that position and take responsibility for the journey we've been on. Because every single day that they were on that journey, go back and check. They got up every morning and collected supernatural food called manna off the ground. God fed them from heaven, Paul calls it heavenly food, every single day. They were eating the heavenly food and dying of thirst. Wow, isn't that amazing? Why? Because this God who was going before them every single day in a pillar of fire and standing over them, protecting them, you know, uh, with a cloud, From the sun and the burning heat. This God that they could see manifest every single day with their eyes. And pick up his provision every single day off the ground. Yet they never asked him for water. They would rather go in their own strength till they were about to die. Then turn around, blame God and blame Moses. What's going on? Well what goes on here is interesting because i think you see that they did not understand the conditions of their thirst they ignored the early signs of their thirst they ah, oh, it's, it's okay we, we don't need that much water we can go a little bit without it and we don't have time for this and we need to get on with the journey and we can't stop and hang around and we just need to go on and yeah yeah I know God's feeding us and I know there's a pillar of cloud there but you know it'll be all right it'll be okay don't worry about it. everything's going to turn out all right and they just kept going until they got to the point that I can't do this on my own anymore I don't know what to do next I don't have the strength to keep going. I'm weary. I'm done. And at that point, they still didn't diagnose the real problem. They thought it was God was the problem. They thought Moses was the problem. Instead of a correct diagnosis, which would have been, I am thirsty. All along, for how long had they been thirsty? I don't know. Days, weeks, the thirst was growing and being ignored, being unrecognized, not being addressed until they became desperate. And you know, what we see in these people is what we can see in our own life. You see, so often we don't really realize what the actual problem is. We don't realize our desperate need for God. We don't realize that we need a continual impartation of His refreshing for our spirit to thrive. We tend to try and do it all on our own. We turn to God at the last minute when we're about to die and wonder, where were you when I needed you? They should have been much more aware of this thing called their spiritual first, but they they were not. We tolerate thirst. We put up with thirst. We endure the thirst. And it's totally unnecessary. We're even hurt by the thirst. It damages us spiritually, emotionally, relationally. Because we start getting mad and we get angry. And we start... Losing our effectiveness in life. And we start blaming people and things. It's the job, it's the government, it's the country, it's everything else. It's everybody, but not looking at, hey, where is all this coming from? It's coming out of a thirsty soul. Paul says to, that they, they, they were being followed by the rock. This hmm? is what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. And all of them drank the same spiritual drink. For they were drinking from the spiritual rock which followed them. And that rock was Christ. So what happened now was they discovered something. They discovered that in fact there was water for them. All along there was water for them. All along. For God promised them in Exodus chapter 17 verse 6. Behold I will stand before you as a." On the rock Horeb, and they you shall strike the rock and water shall come out of it, so that the people may have something to drink. And Moses did it in the sight of the elders of Israel. So now what, when they said, "I'm desperate, God said, OK, you're desperate. Now, look, go to this rock. Remember, he strikes the rock. This rock is a symbol of Christ. Paul said it was Christ the rock that followed them. The striking of the rock is the single strike of the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Struck once for all of us. And once he's struck, there flows from Christ a refreshing stream. A flow from God for every thirsty soul on planet earth. And it is always there and it never stops to flow. And it will be with you in whatever circumstance you are, whatever situation you find yourself. Christ the rock is there with the flow of his grace and love and refreshing and blessing for you. But do you realize your constant need of that stream that flows from Christ the rock? Or are you still trying to do it on your own? You're still trying to just one more day and I'll give it a go. I'll do it by myself. I'll be all right. It'll be okay. Okay until you're exhausted. So that was their problem. And don't let this be our problem. Because when God says I'm going to stand on the rock, it's an interesting picture which is found in other places of the Old Testament. For example, it's found with Moses, uh, it Joseph. Joseph. Yes, that's him. <laughs> Joseph. So you're not going to pull it out of the air. Joseph who stood before Pharaoh. He stood as a servant before Pharaoh. And this is a picture. So it's an amazingly beautiful picture of God, the creator of the universe, who stands like a servant before Israel and says, if you will come to the rock, I will serve you, the water of life. I will save you. I will satisfy your thirst. But see, we first have to go to the rock by understanding what the real problem is and when you realize your real problem is you're thirsty for God and you're not blaming everybody else then you can come to the rock and you can be refreshed but as long as your problem is somebody else's doing as long as you don't recognize your anger as coming from a deep-seated lack of God in your life, as long as you're thinking all those frustrations that you're having is being caused by people and not being caused by the fact that you are dying spiritually, when you recognize you are on the verge of spiritual death, diagnose it properly. I need the water. Of life. See, in the many years I pastored this church, and I'm sure it's happening to Pastor Matt, because I know it happens to pastors all around the country. You get people come to you, and many times, I can't tell you how many times I'd be standing in the foyer. Someone would come to me and say, Pastor, fantastic. Love church today, great worship, love your preaching, fantastic. This is a great church. And I'm leaving. Yeah, I'm leaving. Nobody ever came to me and says, You're a lousy preacher, the church is terrible, the singing is Absolutely disgusting, so I'm never coming back again. No, they all said, preaching's wonderful, church is wonderful, everything's fantastic, and I'm going. You'd say, why? they say, we need more teaching. More teaching. Dear God. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You don't need more teaching. We're not being fed. You don't need to be fed. You need to grow up, learn to feed yourself. I can say that to you now because I'm no longer the pastor of this church. (laughs) And I may never preach here again. I don't know. But I mean, see, the, the whole biblical principle is you're not babies. You don't leave a church to go somewhere else because they're feeding better food over there. Or or I I leave. I'm not being fed. I'm not being fed. Grow up. Every single day of your life, you have the spiritual food, the manna from heaven. It is there for you to pick up every single day. Every single day of your life, there is a stream that flows from the presence of God through Jesus Christ, your rock. And if you're not picking up the manna, and if you're not drinking the water, don't blame the leadership. Don't blame your God. Look at yourself. See, we must learn to to go to the bread of the word. We must learn to open up the word of God and let the stream of God's living word flow into our life and then you will no longer be hungry and no longer thirsty no longer angry with God no longer frustrated with life no longer weak and feeble and weary and tired and sick and tired of everything you will be refreshed for he is the restorer of your soul he is the refresher of your spirit amen and that's where we must live, there in that place, the place of refreshing. Because Paul says, the rock goes with them. It didn't literally sort of drift along in the desert. If you went out and you wouldn't see, a, a, as the children of Israel moved, there'd be a rock moving along here But we do know this, that the rock appeared for them every time they were in need. Because you remember one of the other times where Moses went to the rock And God told him to speak to the rock, but he didn't speak. He struck it with a stick. That was the end of Moses. Because you have to realize that only once is Christ struck. Once and for all, Paul tells us. Once and for all. You strike the rock once. He suffers once. He doesn't suffer a second time. For in that one sacrifice, in that one death, he suffered death and sacrifice for all of us for all time. And out of that one strike, that one wound, that one death, there flows a perpetual stream. All you and I have to do now is go and ask for it. Speak to the rock. Tell the rock I'm thirsty. Tell the rock I need the restoration of my soul. Tell the rock that I am hungry. Tell the rock I feel I'm about to die. I can't go on anymore. Tell the rock. Don't look for blame. Don't look for blame. Nobody is to blame for your spiritual condition. Only your neglect. There is no reason, no reason for us to be spiritually thirsty and hungry. None whatsoever. You can have a fantastic conference. It's a bit like on the Christian calendar, it's a bit like Christmas, it's a feast time. But if you're hanging out for that, for the answer, you're sick. You need to diagnose yourself. And if when that's all over, you feel like I've got to have another conference real quick, you're sick. Diagnose it yourself. And if you're hanging out for Sunday because you can't, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how I can, I've got to just get to Sunday. you sick. you sick. Because you're not going to the rock that follows you. Amen? I'm all for conferences, I'm all for Sundays, I love them all. They're all fantastic, all over the place, feast times, fantastic. But if between you are in famine and looking like you're going to die, diagnose yourself, you have a spiritual thirst that's killing you. But the answer is that Christ is always there. He's always there. Do you go to Him? You see... It's Pentecost Sunday. So let's remember that when Jesus was speaking to that woman in John chapter 4, he said that from your belly will flow rivers of living water. Because now the rock is not out there. The rock is in here. You have Christ in you, the hope of glory. And that presence of Christ in your life is a rock out of which there flows a stream, a constant stream of spiritual refreshing for you. And all you have to do is sit down or go for a walk or do whatever you do, but just concentrate for a while on the rock and speak and ask and say, refresh my soul open the word, listen, read it, eat it, and you will be refreshed. You will be refreshed. And when I talk to people like this, they say, we don't have the time. Oh, yeah? right. How about half your Facebook time? How about the time you went to the gym? Oh, your body's looking great. Your spirit's dead. I'm not saying you shouldn't go to the gym. I'm saying you have priorities. Hey? If you've got time for the gym, you should have time for something that's more important. Yeah? And, and, and you know what? Get home and watch Netflix and you know, veg out on Netflix. You know, up all night watching the whole series. Yeah? Stop it. Because <laughs> you're the one that says you don't have time. You don't have time. All the way into work, you're on the phone doing Facebook, doing Instagram, doing this, doing that, doing this, doing that. On the same phone, you could have a Bible. You just shut your eyes on the train and be fed and nurtured. It's not a matter of you don't have time. You have the time. You don't have the will to do it. You're not diagnosing yourself as desperately in need of spiritual refreshing. But when you do, you will find the refreshing. It's there for you every single day. Every day. Every day. Every moment of every day. Oh, honestly, I gotta say to you, you just don't need a better pastor. You've got the best in Australia. They're good, these guys. Yeah. You don't, you don't need a better church. You don't. You don't need to supplement the ministry with a YouTube nutter or something like that. You, you don't need to be online with another church. You know, you need to go to the rock go to the rock because some of you are drinking stuff that never came from the rock and some of you are going to poison yourselves because you're drinking some stuff that's not clean and you need to go to the rock only at the rock will you be truly satisfied and your spiritual refreshment will come and your soul will be refreshed I see a lot of people hurting, suffering in pain, all sorts of difficulty because, because why? They don't diagnose that their need is a spiritual one and their souls are thirsty and they don't come for the refreshment of their soul but God is the restorer of your soul if your soul is right you're yes. going to be right, amen sit down listen go inside let the river of the spirit flow again. You say, well, I need nothing. Well, yeah, because you have to dig it out. You've been clogging it up with all that other stuff. All that stuff on Netflix and that stuff on your computer and that stuff you've been saying and all the stuff you've been doing and all that bitterness is coming out and all that resentment and all that unforgiveness and all that lust and all that stuff's coming out. You have to rip all that out and then you will know the river of refreshing. All my years of ministry, I've heard people say, well, I was stressed. Yeah. Well, yeah, I I was stressed. I got drunk because I was stressed. I I was watching porn because I was stressed. Yeah, I kissed that woman because I was stressed. I stole the money because I was stressed. Stop it. Stop fooling yourself. You did it because you were dying spiritually and you would not come to the rock. There is no such thing as forgiveness for stress, related stupidity. You have to come to the rock. You have to wash in the water and be refreshed by the stream that flows from the rock. I know, look. Let me just say this to you right now. The rock is here today, right now. He has never left. He's never been far away from you. He's always been there. And all you had to do was come and say, Jesus, I come to you, my rock. Refresh me. I come to you, Jesus. Feed me. I come to you, Lord. Help me. And if you do, you will receive grace and mercy and kindness and refreshing. Now, finish with this. Finish. This is the only finish I've got, right? If you read a little bit further on in this chapter, an interesting thing happens because it says that while they were there in this place called Rehaphim, then it says that in that place, in that, I've lost my place, but in that place there, it says that the, the Amalekites came and they attacked them. So here they are in a, in a, whoa, yes, we got the water, everything's cool, everything's right now. Then an enemy comes to attack them. What if the enemy had come before, a week or two before, when they were dying first? They would have been destroyed. But now, because they're coming from the stream and the presence they can fight the enemy and be victorious too often you have tried to fight your battles out of your weakness and your own personal inadequacy just trying to do your best and you have failed but if you had been living at the rock and that stream of living water had been flowing freely in your life and you'd been eating the bread that comes from heaven then when the enemy came you would have been not just prepared you would have been triumphant And that's where we have to live. Because then we can deal with the problems. Then we can overcome our troubles. Then we can deal with it. There is a place. There is a place. Get there. Get there. We used to, in the old days, sing a song. That was a very old song. Hundreds of years old. There is a place of quiet rest. Near to the heart of God. There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. No matter how distressed you are, or angry, or disappointed, or hurt, or wounded, or bitter, come to the quiet place. Come to the rock. Open yourself to the flow of the stream of Christ and the Holy Spirit. It's the answer to your need. If you live like that, you will live peacefully, victoriously. You will live with constant refreshing. You will be sustained through all the challenges of life. Don't keep going till you're ready to die of thirst. Live at the rock. Amen. The rock is here now. It followed you to church. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.